here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Robin McCarron. And then two weeks after that, we got Money in the Bank. And then two weeks after that, we got Starcade. And then two weeks after that, we got Halloween Havoc. Jeff Hawkins. I'm Dana Brooke. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Destination America's canceled TNA. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own voice. Steve Jobs. Baron Corbin may not be drowning out other voices, but he sure is shutting them down in the old Twitter. While earning a title shot along the way, nonetheless. Sasha's time is up. Bailey's time is now. Roadblock end of the line is over. So now we head into Royal Rumble, start of the road to WrestleMania. And our top 100 match is John Cena and CM Punk. One of the most famous WWE matches over the last, uh, what, five years or so? From Money in the Bank, 2011. So it would have been a little bit over five years. That's how math works, kids. And how the show works. I'm Rob McCarron, and we have Jeff Hawkins, your host, as always, here on Shake Them Ropes, episode 188. Jeff, hello. Hi. Your host, as always. As always. I told you, I hate hosting this thing. As (laughs) always. It is the annual Jeff Hawkins hosting experience. The the Jeff Hawkins in the big boy chair, and Mm -hmm. why you should never, ever have it again. Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's the show before Christmas, all through the house, whatever. Are, are, now, where are you spending Christmas this year? Are you uh, with your family or her family or neither? Oh, just everyone. It seems like I've celebrated like 15 Christmases already. Really? Oh, my gosh. I've just been I've been driving back and forth from city to city. Just though every week. And anytime I have free time, I'm driving to a Christmas event. <laughs> Is this I'll be your ready for this to be what, her what's ironic. Well, it's no one's fault, per se. It's just the season. I'm sure I'm not the only one out there. I'm sure everyone out there is doing similar things. Um, And if they're not, you know, maybe they want to be. But I tell you right now, enjoy the times where you don't have to travel anywhere. It is nice. Um, But yeah, it's been back and forth. Ironically, though, Christmas Day, when Christmas Day finally comes, we have nothing to do. We're just going to be sitting at home. You got nothing going on. You go to the movies like a lot of families do. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we got to see that uh, that Star Wars, the Rogue yeah. One. Movie. I think I think I think that's what we're doing too. I am. Uh, I'm going to drive out to Arizona probably on Friday, and this is. Do you have? I, I never asked you. I think I've asked you before, but I forgot. Do you have any siblings of any kind? I do. Do any of them drive you nuts? Oh. <laughs> Uh, maybe used to, uh, okay. not so much anymore. No, my, my brother still drives our entire family nuts because okay. he, <laughs> this is prime time for my brother right now because mm-hmm. he, uh, he spends the year not talking to any of us, despite yeah. the fact that he is the most beloved of the two Hawkins brothers, Okay, <laughs> which is odd in of itself. Christmas becomes an especially stressful time with my brother hmm. because he refuses to make a list of things he might like. Yeah. And given that he doesn't talk to any of us, it becomes very hard to shop for him. And then he says, don't get me anything. Really? <laughs> and okay. then he just sends a list at the last minute. Just got the list today. Okay. Today. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, great, Chris. Now we can't get anything here to Arizona in time for Christmas. Well, send it to my, send it to my office. Yeah, and he goes, send it to my office in Arlington. He's mm. in Virginia. It's like... You're taking the fun out of this. And and this is my brother's routine every year. This is a grown man now, but he's been mm-hmm. doing this since his 20s. He will fly in probably on the 23rd. Yeah. The 24th, he takes one of my parents' cars and starts to do his shopping. He will go to the malls on the 24th. Okay. Now, now my mom this entire time is saying, now you need to be home by 2 o'clock so that we can go to church yeah. on Christmas Eve. 2.15, he still hasn't gotten home, probably. 
and my mom is calling him on the cell phone. And he's, I'll be there. What, you know, whatever. And then we all get in the car to go to church and he starts in on, you know, this, this whole Christmas story is a fake type stuff. Christmas comes. He's overspent on everybody, it turns out. He ruins, or he doesn't ruin, but he reprograms all the family's electronics mm -hmm. so that to make it easier for my mom and dad who can't use electronics for anything. <laughs> and then on the 26th, he flies out. Yeah. Leave it, leaving me the mess to clean up. Yes, I mean, it's quality family time, teaching your family members how to use their stuff. Oh, I mean, come on. This is, not, come on. It is, is not quality family time at all. Quality this family is, time. This is me gritting my teeth during <laughs> two days. Hey, you got to enjoy the time now. You never know when it might end. Oh, hopefully tomorrow. No. Um, <laughs> Ooh, so, no, you never where do, know. Where do we want to start? I think we want to start with what's the least current, and that would probably be... I wanted to call it money in the bank, but no, it's a uh, roadblock end of the line. Any, uh, any takes takeaways from that? What did you think of the show overall? Oh, the show is fine. Um, I mean, the, uh, people were asking like would Sasha and Charlotte main event, the show, and it would be two pay-per-views in a row where they main evented. And maybe they should have on this one, uh, the way it ended the last time, maybe they shouldn't have main evented hell in the cell with it, but you know, that's, uh, that's after the fact. Um, you know, it was it was a trash finish. I mean, what are you gonna do? Uh, but I, I thought the pay per view was enjoyable. It wasn't a crap show, so I, that's all I have about it. Let's see. I mean, let's face it. it: it was the finish to Sasha and Charlotte, so it is an important show for that reason. But it had absolutely nothing uh, that continued any story with Owens and Jericho and with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I mean, that was a raw main event. That pay per view main event. It was a raw main event. Uh, so other than that, I. Do I have important things to say about the show? Not really. I want to kind of go into that. I watched with friends, which made it a far more enjoyable experience than watching alone and, and just kind of looking at my Twitter because it looked like everybody on Twitter hated it. <laughs> and, and, and the people I was watching with really enjoyed it. But, man, everything about from the build to the match to everything, that's how you kill a baby face right there. I mean, I don't love using the term – the company buried blank, but the company buried Sasha here for everything from a baby face saying no rematches to the way that match was laid out to the tap out at two seconds. She could hold on to that to overtime when overtime wasn't really advertised and nobody came out to get heel heat on that part of it. So that maybe Sasha could save some face out of any of this to, to then the finish. It was just, it, it, it just, oh, it felt like we're done with you for now. Go be in a holding pattern for a while. Well, you had to do overtime. I mean, you could end. It was the end of the line. You could have. You could have. You could have said. You could have done a tie and just left it at that. I think. I I, I would have. And minded that's the it. end. That's the yeah, end. Yeah, sure. Tie. Sure. Well, maybe. Maybe you could have done that. And then and then Charlotte has beef. Her streak is quote unquote broken. Yeah, but the, yeah. but I want to keep the streak. But you know what? It, it it leaves it open for a for for a rematch later. If like say Bailey takes the title from Sasha and then Sasha beats her back, then the rematch clause doesn't. I mean, then then the feud doesn't continue. Then it's a new feud, so to speak. But yeah, it could have given it could have given. You know, even if you had said with a tie, the title goes to Charlotte. Either of them look better after that and have a grudge, than than what they did with with Sasha here, I think. It's uh, it's becoming more apparent that they're trying to get Charlotte as many title reigns as possible um, because they're going to do... 16? The they're no, they're not. They no. Are. It's oh, going to be a man. thing. It's, see, this is what I see happening, okay? I see John Cena getting 17 title wins. So John Cena gets the, gets the record, right? And then Charlotte, by like 2019, 2020-ish, she's coming up on 16. And now at a WrestleMania, maybe in WrestleMania 2020, maybe WrestleMania 2021, the big match is going to be Charlotte versus whoever. And Charlotte's going to be going for title 18. And she's going to try to take the, the, uh, the record back to the Flair family. That's what's going to happen. And so they're this... just trying to get her down there now so that when, uh, when 2020 comes around, that she's got the title reigns necessary to make this a reality. So what you're telling me is this title is going to be a hot potato for the next four years. 
Well, she's going to lose it to Bailey at WrestleMania, right? And then she's probably going to win it. Uh, no, you know, I don't think I don't I don't think that feud goes to WrestleMania. It I don't at this point. I think there's it's one. There's two pay per views in between. One's the Royal Rumble, where I, you can do the Rumble match. Then you can do um, like a triple threat number one contender match at at uh, whatever pay per view is theirs. Fast Lane. I think there's. I think Bailey loses at the Rumble. Or or you could do Bailey loses at the Rumble. There's the triple threat at Fastlane for the title shot at WrestleMania. Uh, maybe they do some type of multi-person match at WrestleMania and then the Raw the next night because Charlotte's not going to lose on pay-per-view. She'll lose on Raw the next night. I, there's just this irking feeling in my in my gut that Bailey Sasha is going to be the match at WrestleMania. And oh, then Charlotte... You should get that feeling out of your gut right and now. Then, well, get that feeling right out of there. Maybe, but or something to that, like a ladder match or something. I don't know, but I, I Charlotte, I could see facing a Stephanie McMahon or a Ronda Rousey or a special attraction type of thing. I, I just I don't see Charlotte and Bailey ha- being at WrestleMania right now. I mean, okay, well, I, that, I see them blowing them off, blowing this off in a month and a half, and then they're just looking around, going, "Well, now what can we put out there?" I don't see him being blown off in a month and a half. I could see some weird stuff where, okay, WrestleMania is out of the picture, but you know, the events around it, whether it's raw the next night, whether it's fast lane, Charlotte will go into WrestleMania as the champion, whether she's defending the title, who knows she, she okay. could be facing someone else. That's fine. I, that, that is a possibility, but uh, and let's face it. Charlotte's going to get all these reigns. She's going to go to the 16. She's going to go to 17, whatever it is. Uh, but Bailey is the it girl right now. Bailey's the one. Sasha's out of the picture. Who knows where Emma is? I mean, fa- Emma's locked away somewhere. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, that's we gotta that, premiere that. That's weird. But but the other thing is, I mean, they've had Bailey now win over Charlotte three times on TV. Yeah. Uh, so she's losing at the pay per view. So no, I don't no, know no. if that's the way to build up. A, I don't know if she's the one. Anymore. Well, you could always do uh, maybe Sasha interferes some way. Maybe Sasha's so upset that she, okay. she can't stand Bailey. And maybe Sasha turns heel. I don't know. Maybe that's your triple threat. Like you had Becky in last year. This time it'll that. be Bailey in, but that's your triple threat. I will definitely take that. I'll take you a could do something like that. Threat. Uh, yeah. The only other thing I had from Roadblock of any import, I guess, was the uh, return of Neville. That return was pretty sweet. Do you and, like and him then, as a heel? Do you like so him as far, heel Neville? But it's tough to keep the momentum going because everyone's cool when they first turn heel, especially yeah. the guys who are doing nothing as baby faces. Everyone is cool when they first do that. It's how you follow it up. I mean, Neville can't come to the ring with that mean look and do the same thing for three months. And he's going to be cool still, right? He's just going to be Neville now with no purpose. Um, so I, I think he's going to take the uh, cruiserweight championship at some point. He'll be the tough, you know, the tough cruiserweight who uh, who's mean to everybody and dominates the division for a while until you have whoever the hot baby face is going to be, which at this point is probably going to be Jack Gallagher. Uh, you're going to have that big Jack Gallagher Neville match, and and that'll be a big deal if they build it up right. But Neville's the right guy. I mean, Neville looks great. Uh, he looks exactly like Drew McIntyre if he were if Drew McIntyre were two <laughs> feet shorter. But face it, when Drew McIntyre did this gimmick on the indies, super awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's something new for Neville. He was going nowhere as a babyface. Now he's the big bad guy in the division, which they needed. They needed a big bad guy who wasn't Arya Davari because Arya Davari was trying to do this and it's not working. You know what's weird is that there's a lot of tension in there that the crowd is waiting for Neville to do something to Brian Kendrick. Well, it's, sure. it, I mean, I don't like this. I don't like where everyone has to be buddy buddy. Like, like Neville right. is coming in picking side. Like he's he's not going to attack Kendrick. Why? Because Kendrick's a bad guy. He should yeah. have beaten all three guys up. He shouldn't yeah, have well, taken any mercy on Kendrick. What is he doing? Beat up everybody. I, he should beat up Austin Aries at the commentary table. And you know what? He beat up Austin Aries. And then two months down the road where Aries is healthy, boom, you got Austin Aries and you got Neville. Oh, give me Aries that. The match. Give me that. Every day of the week, twice on Sunday. I, I, I love that. I, if, if they're going to go this way with Neville, he should be beating up everybody until he gets the championship. He shouldn't be friends and buddy-buddy with Brian Kendrick. He shouldn't be agreeing with with anything also i noticed when when they were doing the raw promo and brian kendrick was coming out there and neville was like yeah kendrick you're right I, neville and rich swan is the exact same story as tjp and brian kendrick where neville is the veteran who's been around for a while who helped mm-hmm. the young guy out but the young guy's the champion and now the old guy wants his you know wants his championship shot because he's the guy who's been around the block a few times it's the exact same story just with two different guys Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, let's. What was I gonna say? Oh, um, 
No, I, I had something about the cruiserweights. I, I couldn't remember what it was at the time, but yeah, no, I, I love, I mean, Oh, Austin Aries has been great on commentary. I like the move of bringing him out for this, for every cruiserweight match on raw too. I think it's really helping the division somewhat. Yeah. And it's helping people keep in mind who Austin Aries is, because if you're watching raw, you know who Austin Aries is, especially as these go by, because this guy should be in this division. He shouldn't be in NXT anymore. Right. Bring him in I, for the cruiserweight division. I agree. Anyway. Um, Anything on the New Day losing losing the record? I mean, Roderick Strong should probably go in there. I, oh, I thought I it was weird. I mean, all that for New Day, and then you know the the record's broken, and boom, they lose right away. Um, but yeah. it is time for something new. Um, Sheamus and Cesaro were doing a pretty good job. Uh, I I want to see that. I want to see those teams go up against everyone else. I we, you don't the see the new. Going. Well, you don't see the New Day. You don't need to see them as tag team champions. They can do. Right. They can do everything they do without having the tag team gold or silver mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just I the, the the bickering partner gimmick has run its course and it ran its course when they did the whole barroom thing. It's like you threw a guy through a window and bonded over that or threw a yeah, wall. Let's, yeah, let's 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 drop that. So so we go to Raw. Well well before that, the big things uh we'll go to Raw and we'll talk okay. about one of the matches. So Roadblock was the end of the line for for Sasha and Charlotte. So now you have uh we'll talk about how this Bailey stuff goes in. But Royal Rumble is still a month away, and we have the Royal Rumble match announced. Mm-hmm. And you have this Raw that set up Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns for the championship. And Chris Jericho is going to be suspended over the ring in a shark cage. Yeah, uh, those are my Raw notes. <laughs> that That's a cool, that that's kind of a cool match, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. But unlike most Royal Rumble title matches that end up just being like, throw a couple of guys in there, throw a weak challenger, which is what I thought they were going to do on the SmackDown side. I'm like, Dolph Ziggler is going to be the challenger for AJ. Well, that's a weak one just to throw into the Rumble because all anyone ever cares about at the Rumble is the Rumble match. Yes. No one cares about the title matches. You throw Bob Holly into a title match, you throw Test into a title match because you're just getting guys out of the way and, and running them over. Um Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, I think it's going to be a title change here. Oh, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Eventually. I, I don't, you know, it, it's, are we getting, let's go into raw then. Are we getting Roman Braun at mania? I don't think so yet. I don't think they want to do Braun that. I mean, he it's, it's December and he's still doing the same as Zane feud and stuff with McFoley. So I don't think we're going to get, Braun Strowman but now this this whole dynamic is so weird because you have John Cena coming back soon and John Cena is probably gonna you know be in the Royal Rumble match and a lot of people are picking right now John Cena to win it but you have Elimination Chamber in March which is the Smackdown pay-per-view and you have Fastlane in February which is the Raw pay-per-view I see Elimination Chamber kind of be in the match not for a title but for a title shot like the winner of Elimination Chamber is the Smackdown title contender at WrestleMania which would then tell me that the Raw title is going to be the one that's defended against the Royal Rumble winner. So that kind of leaves out Undertaker. That kind of leaves out John Cena. So who would be the Raw winner? Is it going to be Brock Lesnar? Is it going to be Goldberg? No, because I think those two are going to set up for a third match against each other, which is strange because Goldberg's won the first two. So if I'm picking a Raw winner for the Royal Rumble, like the only one I can think of is really Braun Strowman. And that's that's where you kind of get Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. And who knows what Kevin Owens does. Uh, so, yeah, maybe Braun Strowman is going to be the winner. Or maybe the Elimination Chamber will be for the belt, and the winner of that match will go on to face a John Cena or Undertaker uh, for the SmackDown Championship. I don't know what to think. It's going to be one of those unpredictable Royal Rumbles that will turn out to be like, oh, we should have all saw Braun Strowman winning. But I don't know if they do Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns right away. I know I'll tell you this. Braun Strowman has earned a big match at WrestleMania. Braun Strowman has been excellent. Really? You, you're going excellent. I th- okay. For what he's trying to do? I, th- I mean, what is he doing? He's not going out there for 15-minute classics, and he's not being asked to. He's doing no. everything he wants to do, and I, I think it's working right now. You, this is a guy who we don't want to be going out there doing 15-minute classics, right? Because he can't do that. We all know that. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that they may have him penciled in for that that match against Roman. And then and they'll who are ev- these people using pencils, and they'll eventually erase it and put him in like the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and have him win it. Oh, he'll win that. that. Oh, he'll win to that. Give him that sure. credibility he'll or something that to that sure. effect. Yeah, and then Do I want to see Baron Corbin giving him a high five in the background. Did you like the use of Braun in this Raw show? 
Um, I mean, yeah. Oh Com- God, yeah. Coming out, the, killing guys, and then over? coming out, and then coming out during the main event. Flip those trees all over. Yeah, I like the use of Braun on this show. I thought he was cool. I thought uh, he could have played it up even more. This is the scary thing. Like he's growing in confidence, but when he really gets that confidence to to kind of even do things on his own or like improv a little bit. That's going to be the scary time because really this guy is going to be something when he starts realizing that he can go out. This, this is what I wanted Roman Reigns to do, and Roman Reigns still can't do it. Roman Reigns cannot go out in the ring and improv one bit. He cannot right. cut a promo on the crowd. He cannot do these things that, you, that The Rock had to do to get over, that Steve Austin had to do to get over. The moment Braun Strowman gets enough confidence to go out there and say, you know what? I'm a big star here. I can kind of play around a little bit, even though I'm not told to do it, to do, you know, told to do something or I'm not scripted to do it. The moment he goes out there and acts on his own volition, that's going to be a scary time because that's the only thing stopping the high mid carters to being main eventers. It's the only thing is their confidence and ability to do what they think is the right thing to do and do it at the right time. And when Braun can get that, when Baron Corbin can get that, hell, Dolph Ziggler never could get that. When these guys figure it out, it's going to be scary for them because they have all the tools and they have Vince's liking. It's going to be a scary time if they can just learn how to be themselves and throw caution to the wind and try something. The shark cage. It's going to be the same thing as the uh, NXT match, right? Jericho drops something down and then Kevin Owens picks it up and probably misses and Roman gets the pin. It's probably the same story. Or he finds a way to slither out of it. Who knows? Or or someone comes in and interferes and Chris Jericho really can't help. Maybe maybe this is the Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins heel turn and Roman's the heel heading into WrestleMania. Don't even don't even say heel turn Roman Reigns because I'm just tired of that. That's a dead horse. Uh, my like my when, big when is Finn Balor? We can't do the when is Finn Balor debuting anymore. <laughs> when is Joe coming up? When's Emma um, coming out? You know, th- th- my big fear here is at the Alamo Dome. They try and put that cage up really, really high, <laughs> and I just, I just, I worry about that a little bit. I, I, I don't trust. I would, I would. After Owen, I'd never want to do anything from the sky or in a right, harness yeah. from them again. I just yeah. wouldn't, especially in the Alamo Dome, because at least with the NXT match, it was like right there, a few feet above it. <laughs> I just get the feeling they're gonna put this cage ridiculously high for some right, reason. But you, I mean, you also have 20, 20 year olds who don't really remember they were because they were one or two years old when when Owen Hart died. You don't. You know, a large portion of True. the audience doesn't know anything about Owen Hart. Of course, we, the first thing I look at is when someone goes that high is, yeah, that's kind of scary because we yeah. know the history. And it, it may be super safe now. And, you know, 20 years have passed and it may be super safe the way they were doing these things. But it's still like, you know, what happens if something goes wrong? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this into Raw, but it's a non-WWE question. Did you watch uh, TNA nonstop deletion? Uh, I did not watch oh. it. Oh, so much for that. So much for show prep, Mr. Hawkins. All right. Well, what am I going to do? What am I going to watch TNA for? Total nonstop deletion, I know, and everyone said it was a fun time, and it was super, you know, it was interesting in a lot of ways, but was it important? No. No, but I'll I'll tell you why I'm bringing it up, and you didn't have to watch it for me to bring it up, to be honest with you. Obviously, because you're bringing it up. I just feel dumb for asking a question I didn't know the answer to. Um, For me, when I think sports entertainment, that's the kind of stuff I think of using all the resources that you have and filming bits and vignettes and weird little movies. I mean, when, when Vince McMahon comes out and says, we make movies, you know, that's the kind of thing I think about. And I liked it. I don't view it as wrestling canon per se, but it was a fun distraction from the norm. Then we get to this. Matt Hardy. Oh, is Matt Hardy the most creative wrestler in wrestling right now yes i think so or is I mean, it he's I, super creative but he also has the resources because right now tna is letting him do whatever he wants you know what you you, you quantify that quite well because yeah. i have no idea who the most creative wrestler is because there's a certain company that won't let you be all that creative so well hey listen to me this is what i'm saying there they will let you be creative if you go out there and just do it and it works because they will let you be creative. They will not let you be creative by pushing an idea in the back, but having no guts to actually go do it. CM Punk had to do it on his own. Zack Ryder. 
Zach, Zach Ryder's a creative guy, and he went out and did a show, a little YouTube show on his own. Right, and they killed but he him. Doesn't, but he doesn't do anything on screen, you know, taking, you know, getting a little bit on the edge there. Here, he, here's why I ask. He's here's a company why guy. You gotta, sometimes you got to be a company guy, but also have the, uh, the, will, the will to go do something different, knowing that you may get in trouble. But hopefully if it works, if you're confident behind it, you won't get in trouble because they'll be like, oh, that was great. I agree. I, I agree with you on that. Um, these Enzo vignettes mm -hmm. on these Raw. These are not great. These were terrible. And the thing is. He was, he was kind of a nerd. He was telling lame jokes that no one laughed at. Um, he's a guy who needs to be in that sensitivity training, if you will, because he was harassing a woman and a woman who was too smart for him. I, this is a guy who's kind of coming off like, I mean, when he was telling those bad jokes and no one was laughing at the sensitivity, that was a big deal. Because you don't want to be coming. The whole thing with Baron or that with Enzo was that he's cool and you like what he what he says. When he's telling lame jokes, you're like, "Oh, is this the guy that I've been celebrating for his for his mouth and his promo?" Not just not just lame, but like homophobic in some yeah. ways. And and here's here's where I get into their version of sports entertainment and how this year has been so eye opening to me about WWE and WWE crowds. The the normal WWE casual watcher eats this stuff up. When we think Daniel Bryan, we think of him as a great wrestler who got over because he had great matches. He didn't get over because he got had great matches. The matches, great matches were the worst him. part. Yes. Great the, matches the helped him. He got over because of those, yeah. those cane vignettes mm -hmm. with anger management. And then he went yep. out and had ass-kicking matches. And that's what the WWE crowd mm -hmm. wants. They don't want great matches necessarily unless there's a fight build to them. They, they don't. They want these dumb comedy sketches in there because that's when they go back and they you talk to people. I used to watch wrestling. What do you remember? Oh, I remember that one sketch. I mean, if they're, if they're, if they're nothing but WWE fans. I mean, if, they, if they're after, say, my generation, which still had territories to watch with promos and whatnot, even like post- WCW era, if, if you want to go even that far back. They, they remember skits, and God help me, I railed against this when William Regal said it on that table for three, that people are going to remember you for those, those weird, wacky things rather than any good match you ever have. It, it saddens me that this, is, this was the strategy to try and get Enzo to be more of a big deal, and then to help port that over to Cass. This terrible terrible sketch that that just died except for the beatdown i love the beatdown afterwards yeah i just i i don't know what they were thinking here other than let's make other than vince thought it was funny I, I thought it was a creative idea done poorly what about you i i i don't know if it was even I don't know about this raw man. He's 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 the type of guy who should be going to sexual harassment training for walking out naked. I think that's fine. Yep. I just thought you know, I just the, the guys that they got doing this sketch just along keep with it simple. It, just, just keep it um, simple. I mean, and so have it be one on over. one. Have it be one on one. He doesn't have to go to any group type of training or anything like that. Just just yeah. don't do it. Just let let Enzo go out there and have a stupid tag match with Los Matadores who are nobody, and let's just let them win. Let them win some matches with Big Cass. Let Big Cass do all the work and let Enzo cut a promo on him. That's all you got to mm -hmm. do. Keep it simple. You don't have to... They haven't even been on the main roster for a year yet, and they're already you know, going down to the road of these backstage skits and segments. Let them go wrestle some matches. Yeah. It, it may work. It may work. Um, before we get into too much on SmackDown, you know, uh, SmackDown was the better show this week. Oh, I agree. SmackDown was the better show. Uh, a couple of big things, um, Mr. Hostman. Yes. Baron Corbin is working his way up. Hold He's on, you're going in into hold on, you're going into SmackDown when when you say before we get into SmackDown. Before we get into SmackDown, I'm, we're going to get into Baron Corbin. But before we get into the actual SmackDown set of Baron Corbin, did you see the little dust up Baron Corbin had on Twitter today? No, I did not. It was the greatest thing ever. And it's even greater if you actually know who Larry Dallas is. I do know who Larry Dallas is. Sirius XM's busted open radio. 
they tweeted out something because apparently they have a they have a radio show on on uh, Sirius XM. Apparently, I'm I'm aware of this. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, but anyway, Larry Dallas is on there. He's a guest or a co-host or something, which just guarantees that I will never listen to the show. And they tweeted out this that Larry Dallas WWN because he is a former manager of Dragon Gate USA, I believe. Larry Dallas says that Baron Corbin not growing up on wrestling makes it more difficult for him to buy into his character. Do you agree? And first of all, the absurdity of that statement, because Baron Corbin is probably the only one in that company who believes as much as anyone in his own character, because Baron Corbin's character is, is himself. And that's been made evident by Breaking Ground, and that's been made evident by the NXT. And you know, as he gets more and more uh, himself in his role, it's it's more Baron Corbin. He part of his had, character, part of his character, is that he's too good for professional wrestling. He's too good for professional wrestling. That's his character. He buys into it. Yes. he's bought in. He's the most bought in. What are you talking about? That he's not bought into his character. But I digress. That's not even the point. Baron Corbin sees this because, of course, Sirius XM hoping for a response from Baron Corbin. They got their wish. Baron Corbin replies, who's Larry Dallas? That's right, nobody. And Larry Dallas keeping it going replies, I'm someone with thicker skin, which may be true, which isn't actually true, but maybe true. It isn't. And Baron makes the one last blow up. So great. Baron Corbin replies to that comment of I'm someone with thicker skin with his own reply. And a much smaller paycheck. Baron Corbin <laughs> one, Larry Dallas zero. <laughs> Destroying dudes. That was that Baron was Corbin. that was a nice destruction. Uh, Baron Corbin's we... Twitter game, like Rusev, those two might be the best guys on Twitter. Oh, Rusev is fantastic. I'd put Rusev <laughs> at number one. I put Baron Corbin at number two. But Baron this Corbin, is... man, this guy, I just the premise, the ridiculous, and, and Baron, of course, doesn't address that, which he, which is great. He went for the kill in a much quicker fashion. But the idea that Baron Corbin isn't believing in his character and the problem with that which is an untrue basis anyway, because he believes in his character. If he didn't, him not believing in his character because he doesn't have a past in wrestling, I, I don't even get, I don't even know what Larry Dallas was trying to go for. And, and just even further, comments like that is why I would not listen. If I saw this tweet and wanted to know what Bustin' Open was and I saw this tweet, I would never listen to him. Right. It pretty much invalidates their show in many, many ways. I, I mean, you may as well be trying to do a really, really bad and off the brand version of first take. If you're trying to be that on one side of a horrible, horrible take. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's just misworded. I think he's probably meaning that his lack of knowledge of history type of thing or not being a fan, I, I, I guess I, I, I don't want to delve any deeper into that lest I get their anger at right. us. Um, does any it, does any podcast out there have have as much in-depth analysis of Baron Corbin? Where are you going to get this type of Baron Corbin analysis, guys? I mean, think about it. Think about it. When this guy's main eventing WrestleMania 35, I, I, I want you to look back. Against Who? Tino Sabatelli, right? Again, oh, don't get me started now. <laughs> don't get me started. I mean, there there are other people in this house. I can't be I can't be getting started on this. Mm. But yes, Tino Sabatelli, Baron Corbin. That would be the dream. That would be that's more like WrestleMania 36, I think. Uh, okay. Give it another year to kind of simmer. Uh, but yeah, if if you want in depth Baron Corbin analysis, you know where to go. Shake them ropes, and that's why our audience on the old live streams. And the podcast is so large because people know to come here for their Baron Corbin news. All your Baron Corbin. We may actually have to rename this Baron Corbin Central. We may. Okay, so NXT, anything you want to hit on that before we go to SmackDown? Uh, Nope. Bobby okay. Roode. Congrats to Bobby Roode for being the number one contender to the world's heavyweight NXT championship. Uh, which is going to be a really weird main event, I think. Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Roode. I'm, I mean, yeah. excited. It's the first time ever match, right? First time ever, as far as anyone can see. Uh, Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode, hyped for it. Uh, very weird. Um, it seems like it, a match that Baron that Bobby Roode would kind of have to win, but yeah. I that that would even add to the craziness. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from it. So I'm just going to kind of let it happen and wait for it. And I, I what's more interesting to me is I want to see what they do with Roderick Strong from here on out because the mm -hmm. Austin Aries is never coming back and they keep going with the singles push of Roderick Strong, who was a beast in that four-way. Yes. Uh, I want to see what Roderick Strong is doing. Is he going to be like 
opposite Samoa Joe. Is Roderick Strong now on the upper tier of the main event singles, or is he going to be on the lower tier, uh, you know, having matches with Ty Dillinger all his life? Like, I want to see what's next for Roderick Strong. Yeah, and for me, I, I'm I'm excited for Nikki Cross and Asuka. I think that's going to be a match. I, this, I, I could not believe it. When Sanity started and Nikki Cross was revealed as being insanity and all the comments out there about how Nikki Cross didn't fit and how it's a weird pairing. They're nuts. This, this woman right here is my favorite right now. Mm. She's I'm awesome. Her. I'm liking I, her a lot. I'm liking the, the, uh, the intensity she shows. I'm liking how she literally looks like this lunatic little sister of these guys who's just going nuts and wanting to prove how, how she's the toughest one. And you know what, Asuka and Nikki Cross? Hype for it. Nikki Cross may be the first one to beat her. No, I, I don't see that happening at all. I don't know if it's going to be in the first match, but there is going to be more than one match. And I don't know if you're going to put Liv Morgan. I don't know who can beat Asuka who's in that NXT realm right now. Athena, I guess you could do uh, Ember, Ember Moon. Moon. You could do Ember Moon because they did the show. They did the match at uh, NXT Riverside. And I, yeah, it was really I, good. I guess you could wait for Ember Moon, but uh, Ember Moon and Nikki Cross would be my thing. And I think, you know, Asuka and Ember Moon having a match to get into title contention would be the, would be the way NXT has kind of done it in the past. It would just seem to fit NXT. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that division right now, Nikki Cross has cemented herself as being in that top four of the division. And it's an exciting division again. You got Asuka, Ember Moon, um, and you have Nikki Cross and whoever you want to put in as the fourth one. Uh, it's a hot division again. Yeah, I'm liking after, it. After only what it was one month ago where they had to bring in Mickey James because there was no one. Mm-hmm. And now you have this hot division just like that. That's my NXT take. Moving on to SmackDown, James Ellsworth has. <laughs> James okay. partner now, and it's Carmel. Yeah. What do we think I about like Carmel? It. I mean, this was uh, there were you know uh, DMs on the Twitter feed like a month ago that James Ellsworth's going to get a female partner. He's going to get a female partner, and like who could possibly it be? Is it going to be someone from NXT? Is it going to be some goof? And yeah, it's Carmella. It's Carmella. It was almost Diana Peraza <laughs> to it, be honest with the way they were going with that. Yeah, uh, but James Ellsworth. I mean, he got drilled. I mean, that whole thing with the title is over now. So, what is next for Mister Jimmy Ellsworth? Um, I liked, I liked that title match. I thought it went exactly how it went, given that you had turned Ellsworth to be a cocky heel, so to speak. He needed to be destroyed. I liked that. Uh, for this Carmella thing, I think personally that Ellsworth is going to see this as attention as affection and is going to fall in love with Carmella thinking that she's in love with him and start doing her bidding, say screwing Nikki and John Cena in matches, or Carmella is going to bring in someone new to kill James Ellsworth. Eventually then that's going to be her real fella. It's going to be one of those two things. The new guy should be Tino. (laughs) You know what? I'll take it. Should be I thought Car- I thought Carmella was fantastic in that segment with uh, Natty yeah. and Nikki. Just played it real natural and and they just kind of like stir the pot and watch. Here I am, guys. Yay! You know, I thought that was really good. Um, I thought and and just on the acting side, there's a gif going around of Alexa Bliss in that segment with with Daniel Bryan where she starts smiling and slowly turns into a frown. It is so phenomenal. Her timing on that is so perfect seek that out um so in other news uh la luchadora got a win over miss bliss what do you think of becky lynch wrestling a different style here um i mean it it was it was it was kind of early for them to do something like that uh but hey you know what i'm into what alexa bliss is doing right now and and that division is doing something where i i kind of like the smackdown women's side more than the raw women's side Mm -hmm. um so it's working for me. I mean, there's nothing to it. It's just a little get me over. I'm really just waiting for this new year to start because I don't think there's any. John Cena coming back on the post-Christmas SmackDown is so weird because I would just like them to wait until January. But what am I going to do? I mean, hey, if it's coming early, it's coming early. Uh, this uh, this January, man, I'm hyped again. I'm hyped for WWE. I'm hyped for uh, to see what happens. Like yeah. the Royal Rumble season is hitting me right now, man. I'm I'm there. Pre-Christmas. The Royal Rumble season is hitting me. I'm excited. I want yeah, WrestleMania this- to start happening. Like, I'm in WrestleMania mode already, and it's four months away. I can away. tell. You're very I'm stoked. Hyped. My goodness. 
I'm hyped because I didn't have to do any prep for the show because I'm not the host today. <laughs> no, this whole wild card tournament, this whole wild card thing that they're putting in as a theme for next week is so weird to me because it's like it feels like they should have been holding a tournament of some kind and they never did. It's just like just something they added on to make it seem extra important. And the and the card for next week is fantastic, I think. But uh, as to the point, I I think Becky Lynch had a blast wrestling this style. I loved the rolling tarantula and I loved the. Uh, the celebration afterwards. I wanted to now wrestle Lucha every single night. Screw the straight fire crap. Let's, let's see Lucha Becky every night of the week. Um, and then, uh, more importantly, the, uh, main event for the, uh, world heavyweight championship next week will be a triple threat between AJ styles, Dean's Dean, Dean Ziegler. (laughs) What the hell am I talking about? (laughs) Dolph Ziggler and I know what uh, you're talking about. You're being and, very and, weird right now. I know, I know. And Baron Corbin. What the hell is Wild Card Finals? I don't know. What the hell is it? It means nothing. Like what is what is SmackDown Wild Card? Fi- what is the Wild Card? What were the finals of the Wild Card? Was the Wild Card the four way that they had for Dean Am or for Dolph Ziggler to get into the match? And if so, why is Baron Corbin getting a match against Ziggler to get put into this match? Like what is happening? I have no idea, but I did like that AJ Styles did not play, uh, did not play heels or friends with each other, and 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 walloped both Ziggler and Baron Corbin with chairs. I thought that was great. I think the Weasley heel being scared of the badass heel is, is phenomenal for this program because well, I don't think Baron and Ziggler do much for me after the two month program where he destroyed Ziggler already. Do you think that AJ Styles is the Weasley heel? Because this is a guy who straight up beat John Cena, a guy who straight up beat Dean Ambrose. Like he was Weasley when he was first with the club, but he's been the best guy. Okay, cocky heel. How about that? Okay. Cocky heel, scared of badass guy. I, w- I would say cocky. Yeah. I mean, Baron Corbin's the cocky guy who hasn't. I mean, if you think of it this way, if you think of it the perspective of it's hilarious that Baron Corbin is actually in the title picture, but it's it's hilarious that Dolph Ziggler is too. Dolph Ziggler went from losing IC title matches nonstop to being the number one contender to the world title. Baron Corbin is a guy who beat Callisto, and this is why it's amazing because I love heels that do this. They will beat one of the easiest guys on the roster and think they're the best now, and it's their <laughs> time for the title shot. He beat Callisto, right? And now he's the number one contender for the world championship. And yes, it's a SmackDown main event and they're getting ready for John Cena to come back. So they're just, they're doing the Royal Rumble idea. Like this should be a three-way at the Royal Rumble. Get that match out of the way, get Baron Corbin in a big match at the Rumble and then move on. Uh, But I like that Baron Corbin is being slotted up with the main eventers. I really do because it's a place where he should be and will be soon. So start getting the fans ready and used to the idea that Baron Corbin is a main eventer in WWE. Get them ready. So Dean Ambrose gets his butt kicked by the Wyatt family in what I thought was a spectacular stomp and kick beatdown. And then Miz comes out and finishes the job. Whereas previously in the night, this week in Miz greatness was Miz and Renee Young. What did you think about that interplay? What have I been saying for four months now? Ambrose Miz WrestleMania was the match to make. Okay. It's happening. And it's the perfect time, and it's the perfect idea. Dean Ambrose should be getting the Intercontinental Championship match, should be getting the Miz, and should be winning the title at WrestleMania. Dean Ambrose can't be a main event guy, but he can sure as hell be one of the good mid-card guys with that mid-card title. And Dean Ambrose, the Miz, is going to be an awesome WrestleMania match. I, and I, yeah, I like that they're bringing Renee into it. They're recognizing the relationship. Renee's gonna Renee could be a, an even bigger on-screen character instead of just a backstage announcer and backstage panel host. She's gonna be an on-screen character. And you know what? It may even lead into a match where they do Miz and Maurice versus Renee and Dean. I like the idea of kind of involving her a little bit and making this more realistic based instead of wacky Dean Ambrose. If this stops Dean Ambrose from bringing in props every night, great. Okay. No, I'll, I'll take that. I just, uh, d- did you have any, uh, did you have any of the blowback that a lot of people had about bringing in quote unquote total divas storylines into SmackDown, so to speak? No, because I don't care if this was total divas or not. I okay. want Dean Ambrose to be more realistic because he's been wacky Dean Ambrose. 
I, I want them to have a sense of, because the Miz right now is the most real character on SmackDown. He's the right. most real one. Mm-hmm. And if they can bring some of that reality into Dean Ambrose and make this feud based on, yes, it's for the championship. Yes, Dean Ambrose is really good. Yes, the Miz is really good. But now there's something behind it because the Miz, cocky Hollywood star, is going to punk this total diva star and her boyfriend. And now there's even more heat to it. I like it. Final question. Too. About- all, all of you should like this too. Change yes, all of you right should now, like it. And you should yes. all like it. Yes, stop stop looking at Miz as, as not being a very good worker, so to speak, because he's care. improved on first that of all, front. First of all, he's great. And Miz is a better worker than Dean Ambrose. And if you don't think so, you're wrong. I'm telling you right now, you're wrong. Absolute about it. No nuance here. You're wrong. The Miz is much better than Dean Ambrose. You can reach Rob on Twitter at McListens, M-C-L-I-S-T-E-N-S. You can reach me at CrapGame13, C-R-A-P-G-A-M-E, one three, and you can follow the show's RSS feed, for lack of a better term, at the show Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Shake, them, qu- ropes is spo- Shake them Ropes is sponsored by Baron Corbin's Twitter at Baron Corbin WWE, <laughs> and you can catch us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, anywhere podcasts are sold for free. Just search what? Shake Them Ropes. Last question about SmackDown, and this is about talking smack. Santa Rhino, creepy Santa Rhino, great thing or the greatest thing? And were they having a few cocktails in the back for a holiday party for the crew right before airtime? Yeah, this is a guy that people who didn't understand what district he was running in for Michigan State House thought that Rhino might actually win and become (laughs) a Michigan uh, legislator. Um, Yeah, this guy wasn't going to be a legislator, guys. (laughs) <laughs> I did, was it a total rib on anybody i mean was was this supposed to happen this way or was he going into business for himself what do you think because that thing that whole thing all night just kind of it, it was both like a fascinating train wreck and yet and yet also detracted at the same time it was so weird to watch any I mean, thoughts I, no i don't care okay okay you don't care that's perfect no, that's fine. Our top 100 match to see on the WWE Network before you die this week is John Cena versus CM Punk from Money in the Bank 2011. Rob, why don't you go into this? John Cena, CM Punk, 2011's Money in the Bank. This is when you know people still didn't think that CM Punk... Well, the history going in this match, CM Punk was over, right? CM Punk had just joined the Nexus. We didn't know if he was going to ever be like the top echelon guy. And this program really led him to become the top echelon guy to the point where WWE was built around CM Punk for a two-year stretch until The Rock started coming back and you had the John Cena Rock thing. And CM Punk was the guy in WWE for a while, all because this feud with John Cena put him up there. Of course, CM Punk had the realistic promo from Las Vegas where he talked about how he liked John Cena and how he was going to leave the WWE and he mentioned Colt Cabana and New Japan and the and the internet went crazy, right? And he had the he had the stuff with Vince McMahon where he was kind of fighting the boss a little bit. And it was the most believable of the versus Vince McMahon feuds that he's had for a while. CM Punk was bringing realism into this. He was bringing frustration. He was super motivated because he knew this is probably his last shot to ever be a top guy in WWE. And he did the most of it. He goes into this Money in the Bank match. It's for the championship. And of course, we had the story where CM Punk, his contract was ending. And no one knew going into that match if he was actually going to leave WWE, if he was going to win the title and do some sort of angle outside of WWE, if he was going to lose the championship and just go on his way, or if he was going to win and he had already re-signed and he was coming right back. Who knows? There was a lot of intrigue going into this match. And not the least of which, The match was taking place in Chicago, Illinois, CM Punk's home. So you had this crowd, rabid as all get out. This match would not have been the same match quality-wise or hype-wise or remembrance-wise if it happened in any other location, but it was happening in Chicago, Illinois, CM Punk finally reaching for that brass ring because he had been SmackDown champion. He had been the gimmick Raw champion because of the money in the bank. But this was his first like true title match where it had hype behind it and he didn't have to worry about this money in the bank BS. This was CM Punk versus John Cena for the title with the biggest fight atmosphere WWE has had maybe this decade, at least top five. Mm-hmm. And 
whatever you want to say about the match, a lot of people loved it and it was, and it was pretty fun and it was exciting. The match didn't even matter. It was all about seeing what was going to happen with CM Punk, who was going to win and what was going to happen next. And the match being really good was just kind of a bonus, but this is definitely one of the top 10 most important matches of the network era of the post 2000 era. You can debate whether it's a top 10 match in WWE history, but I think for the generation we're in, it absolutely belongs up there. This is one of those times I had worked myself into a proverbial shoot. I thought this was going to be a paradigm shift in the way the business, in the way WWE approached wrestling. Because that promo, the pipe bomb promo, and then the next week with the contract signing, really, it broke the fourth wall. But at the same time, it brought an edge to the product that had been missing for a long time. And we, we'd been going through, you know, the John Cena era, Randy Orton and Christian kind of flipping wins back and forth until they got back to John Cena and Randy Orton again. I mean, it was really a stale product for the most part until, I mean, the Nexus was kind of lame and they dropped the ball on that. I thought this was signaling something special. And the way I could tell that is when it gets enough outside media hype that friends of mine who haven't watched wrestling in years are writing me and going, Hey Jeff, is this CM Punk thing for real? Is it a shoot? Is it, you know, is is wrestling going to be good again? Are are we getting back to something that I can watch and not be embarrassed by it? It it signals to me the start of something really great. Now, do you, uh, I want to ask you this because you have Rolling Stone out there. You have, uh, all these Bill you networks, you have Bill, Bill Simmons, Simmons, you have all these things podcast. talking about WWE. Yeah, it, it's it's their mainstream now. Would you think that the CM Punk thing is like the turn of like you want to call the old era the Attitude Era, and you call uh, you know all these eras different things? This is kind of like the mainstream era of WWE, and this may have been the turning point of it. Well, this is what got them into the building. I'll tell you that much. It got them into the building, and then they eventually co-opted them as because now they don't really cover anything exciting. They just kind of recap stuff that the WWE gives them. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say it in that respect it was. But for me, I mean, we all, I mean, we thought, hey, he could show up in Ring of Honor. He could show up in New Japan. He was showing up at Comic-Con with the belt after he won this match. We thought this could be the start of something, and then it lasts all of a week. And it comes back, and then it's Kevin Nash and Triple H burying him. I mean, far be it for me to say that this is possibly the most potential that they ever lost, but at least in the last decade, with possible exception of the yes movement, I think it's the most potential that the WWE lost because they just could not let things go out of their control for a little while. I Um, I, yeah, I'm on I'm on two sides of the fence because yes, I think story-wise him being separated from WWE for a little bit longer than just the week that he was gone could have helped the really, entire business. Could have helped the entire wrestling business. Could have been cool, but at the same time WWE had to capitalize on the buzz and you can't really capitalize on the buzz as much as possible if CM Punk isn't there. Like you need yes, him you doing can. interviews, you need him tied to the company. I don't know if you could. If you do the, I mean, much like the Pillman angle, so to speak, it, it, he's under contract still, but he's not in storyline. So it makes it seem rebellious. And so it makes it seem cool. That's the thing that WWE never really gets is if it's out of their control and it seems rebellious, it can be cool without you having your fingerprints all over it. That's the thing that they didn't like was that was cool without them. So they got nervous about it. I, I just, it, it was just one of those weird. <laughs> of course, it's... the uh, the next night on Raw after this pay-per-view match, so CM Punk wins and the match is, you know, not as important as what would end up happening with history. And the, obviously the pipe bomb promo people are still talking about these days. And hell, CM Punk, this made CM Punk, it cemented him as a cult figure because The Rock was more popular. Steve Austin right. was more popular. Who do fans still chant for? And all CM three Punk. are gone. They chant for CM Punk. Because and it was you know this what? cult figure about rebellion against whatever you were seeing. Going back to your crowd moment. I mean, I go back and I watch CM Punk's entrance about once every three months in this. Because it's, you're right. It, it's in terms of the last decade, top two crowds, I would say. The only other one that could possibly match it would be NXT Brooklyn for Sasha and Bailey, I think. 
because that crowd was hot too, and they helped make that match far better than than it would be without it. But this crowd, and, might, NXT might Dallas for Shinsuke. One. Yeah, that's true. I was there live, and it was kind of, yeah. I, I'd give it that. I would, but I'd, I'd say this is still number one. Yeah, I, this was epic match, epic you know momentum changer, epic you know history deal for WWE. Uh, super crazy. That was match number what, Jeff? Eight? Nine. I, nine. But, you know, the other thing that I noticed, at least on rewatch, is how close the commentary here is to Bash at the Beach 96, which yeah. I watched for another friend show, in terms of the company is the face. And so all the commentators are rooting for the company to pull through, including right. yeah. the two heel commentaries, Lawler and Booker T, along with Michael Cole. I, I, it was, it, it was such a weird parallel to me. That's that same kind of atmosphere as the NWO first being around. And that, you know, we saw what that did to the business, but yeah, that's my only other. So note. This seems like, this seems like the mandatory question that has to be asked that we haven't asked for a long time. You know, we haven't asked, you know, the, the couple of weeks after CM Punk was gone and we started doing the countdown, like it's been four weeks since CM Punk last wrestled, blah, blah, blah. It's been a little while now. You have the lawsuit still going on between CM Punk, Colt Cabana, and the WWE doctor. Do you think CM Punk's ever going to be back in WWE in any shape, even if it's just to be inducted to the Hall of Fame? I think it depends on how that lawsuit goes. Now, something I have been toying with is for WrestleMania in April. His wife has a book coming out in April. I could see her coming back and having a big match at WrestleMania to help plug the book and to hopefully help make nice between the company and her husband. I could see her being the conduit between punk and the company, but I don't see him coming back until that whole lawsuit is done he, and over with. Yeah. He just seems like a guy who would really stick to his principles. Even if those principles, were I agree stubbornness and he's not yeah. a Bret Hart, you know, he's, he's not someone who maybe time heals those wounds. This guy seems think- to hold a grudge. I think I think that, but I also think when he gets older and he realizes how appreciated he was by the fans, then he may lighten his stance. That's what I think. All right. What's our next match? Because I didn't do that much prep. Come on, host. <laughs> well, you look, look it up. It I'll up ask here. you the question. Do you like right. eggnog? No, I've never had it, so I don't know if I do or not. I've You've just never, never had, had eggnog. I don't understand nope. why so many people hate eggnog. It's, it's I, a I nice, don't know. Tasty holiday beverage. Yeah. Match number eight on the top one hundred countdown <laughs> is another good one. WrestleMania X seven, WrestleMania seventeen. It's the triple threat tag team: Dudley's, Hardy's, Edge, and Christian. This was a TLC match, if I'm uh, not mistaken. I believe it's the first TLC match. Uh, I believe it's the second. Second, second. Uh, okay. TLC. For some reason, I think this was TLC two. Um, I didn't they do one at like uh, I don't know. They did. Uh, I'm gonna look. TLC matches Wikipedia. I believe this is the second one though. I know the. I think it was the same three teams. But let's see. WrestleMania. Yeah. So no mercy. Ninety nine was the first one. Um, no mercy 99. No, I don't think so. It was SummerSlam 2000. That was the first one. Edge Christian, Hardy Boys, and the Dudley Boys. This was TLC2 at WrestleMania 17. Okay. Uh, and then they also had a four way TLC match in May. So a couple of months after this WrestleMania, which added Chris Jericho and Chris Redacted. <laughs> the man who shall not be named. Well, all from us from uh, Shake Them Ropes. Uh, Merry Christmas, Rob. Merry Christmas, Jeff. And uh, and before we go, the, the one question that everybody wants to know, when are you going to eat that hat? In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.